Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today is a special episode um, as I was able to bring Ken Isaacs into the studio. And I, I don't know if you've been watching the news like me, but and just heartsick over what's happening in Syria and to the Kurdish people. And so we just had Ken come in and talk about what Samaritan's Purse is doing, explain the Kurdish people a little bit, and, and just allow us to pray more intentionally. So I hope you'll listen and pray um, as we continue to seek the ways to minister to these people in this nation. So I have Ken Isaacs with me in the studio today, and we just want to talk about our history um, with Syria and the people there. Ken, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk with you. Yeah, we enjoy it. So I just thought with everything going on in the news, I just thought you could give us a personal perspective of the history with Samaritan's Purse in Syria over the years. So uh, Samaritan's Purse has worked uh, really, and I've been here now over 30 years, and we've always had an involvement in Syria. One interesting thing about the government of uh, Syria is they've always protected religious minorities. Mm -hmm. So there is a, uh, a thriving evangelical community uh, right in Damascus. There's churches in Kobani. There's churches around the countryside. And um, I, I don't, it's a very, very complex political environment. But I know that through churches in Damascus, uh, we have been helping uh, internally displaced people. We've been helping uh, refugees uh, that have fled the area. And um, uh, today, you know, everyone is talking about uh, the recent U.S. decision to, some say, step away or abandon the Kurds or whatever. I don't know. It's a complicated military political situation. There's many, many factions involved. But what I do know is that we have contacts in Northeast Syria. We don't have any staff there, but we are sending in humanitarian supplies. We're sending in tents, we're sending in food, we're sending in medical equipment and blankets and clothing. They're about, uh, the numbers are, are fluctuating. It's, it's a fluid situation, 170 to 200,000 people have been displaced. And um, they're moving around uh, as fighting happens from one area to the other, they're fleeing. But we are um, helping uh, the people that have fled, not only there, but also in Iraq. There's about 13,000 that have come down into Iraq, and we're working with the um, Iraqi, the, the Kurdish regional government there in the northern part of Iraq. And uh, they're receiving them. They've set camps up for them, so we're providing medical care in those camps. We're providing material assistance, and uh, we're doing all that we can, and uh, we're praying for peace in the country. Uh, this area of Syria that's under attack right now and um, uh, Tel Tamar is um, there's a, a Syriac Christian communities there. They're large and significant and uh, beautiful church buildings. I've seen uh, recent photos of them as we're focused on this right now. And, uh, you know, I, I fear that this area is going to be purged uh, of the Christians and um, when you look at, at this part of the world, um, at, at this part of the Middle East, the, the Kurds have always been friends to minorities. You know, when Mosul came under attack by ISIS, there were about 800,000 Christians that fled out of Mosul, and about 235,000 of them went into Erbil. The Kurds gave them refuge there. And uh, the Kurds have been, uh, I think, uh, very hospitable, not only to the Christians, but to uh, the Yazidis. And, and we're seeing that same scenario uh, play out again. 
So it's a complicated situation. We don't have the political answer. Um, we just try to help everybody in Jesus' name and, and do the best that we can, and that's what we're doing right now. You touched on the Kurds a little bit, but can you explain these people that are involved, these refugees, explain this people group? So the Kurds are a people group with an ancient history, and I should be familiar with it, and I won't pretend to be, but I do know that there is a dream to have a Kurdistan. And if there was a place called Kurdistan, where all the Kurds are, it would um, involve changing the boundaries in five or six countries. And this is one of the tension points with the government of Turkey right now. I think there might be about um, uh, 15 million Kurds that live in Turkey. And there are some of the, uh, the Kurdish political groups that are down in Syria have been designated as terrorist groups. Um, they have used forms of uh, terrorism for political purposes. And so now, you know, Turkey is pushing down uh, into Syria, claiming that they want to uh, create a safe zone. Uh, what they want is to move the YPG, one of the Kurdish groups, further south away from their border. But I think there's also concern in the international community that if they could clean that area out, they could repatriate the over three million Syrian refugees that they have now living in Turkey, they can put them back down into um, Syria. So um, it's complicated, mm -hmm. and and there you know there's the Syrian Free Army, there's the Syrian Democratic Forces, but the Syrian Free Army is actually supported and funded by Turkey, and it's predominantly ISIS and Al Qaeda fighters. And on one day, I mean, I'm getting reports directly from the field, on one day they can be fighting the Syrian forces, and the next day they'll fight the Turkish forces. Mm -hmm. But the Turks are supporting them. So it, 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 you know, there's not a clear picture of which side to stand on or who the good guys are, or who the bad guys are. The Kurds have stood with the United States and, and uh, fought with us uh, over the years. Uh, your husband has fought with them. And um, I first met Kurds in 1991 at the, in the first Gulf War. I went down through mm -hmm. Turkey. And they're very hospitable. Uh, they're different. And, um, but because there are so many of them, and they're in so many different countries, they're in Iraq, they're in Syria, they're in Turkey, uh, they're in, I think, Azerbaijan, they're in Iran, uh, but nobody wants to redraw those boundaries. So these mm -hmm. people may never have a homeland that they can call Kurdistan, mm -hmm. um, but they're very cohesive as a people group, but they're not so cohesive as a political group. And I don't know if that makes sense, mm -hmm. but it just, it does reflect some of the complexities of it. Um, it it's, for us, we see them as people in the ditch of life. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to walk by them. We want to help them. And um, they're in a difficult position. They're in, it's a dangerous area. Mm -hmm. And we want to do what we can to help them and respecting at the same time that we have work uh, and partners inside Syrian-controlled areas mm -hmm. of um, Syria, Syrian government-controlled areas. So we're just trying to balance all of this out and help people and not get sideways with anybody. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about your church partners in Syria? Uh, we can. Uh, there's a church, uh, Christian Missionary Alliance, 
um, uh, in Damascus, and they have a network of churches. So we have been able to work effectively through that network of churches. And some of those churches are even up in uh, the northeastern part of Syria. So they fly from Damascus up into this area. So we're able to deliver some aid up there mm -hmm. and uh, to provide support on the ground through that network of churches. And um, it, it's always confused me and sort of knocked me off balance. Like, okay, you've, you've got a government that is a state sponsor of terrorism, the Syrian government. It's, you know, it's a tough government. And uh, remember President Obama talked about a red line in the sand of mm -hmm. chemical weapons were used and then chemical weapons were used and nothing happened. And, um, uh, so it, it is a tough government, but it has allowed Christians to have their churches and to thrive. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it seems like antithetical to, to, to what you would normally think. But I, in, in it, if I talk to Christians inside of Syria, they will clearly articulate, I'm talking about the Christians in the Syrian controlled areas, mm -hmm. they will see a more secure future if Assad Bashar's government remains in power mm -hmm. than they will if it changes. So maybe they were able to foresee groups like ISIS and uh, all of these guys coming to power and you know trying to radicalize the entire country. But yet on the other hand, it seems sort of radical anyway. Mm -hmm. The Iran's involved, it's just, it's very complicated. And I don't pretend to have the answer to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why we want to bring you in, because I don't think anybody does. No. Um, and speaking to that, how can we pray for our president? You know, whether you agree with him or not, how can we pray? This well, is a complicated it's Very decision. complicated. And, uh, but pray that our president and all of our leaders uh, in the Department of Defense and the State Department, pray that they would have wisdom and insight understanding, patience, a faithfulness to stand for what's right and to be able to discern what's right. You know, uh, Christ tells us in Matthew, judge not that mm. you not be judged. Mm -hmm. And the next verse says, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Mm. So discerning what your pearls are and who the swine are is not judging. You have to discern, we're called to discern. So we need to pray for discernment for um, uh, the president and his cabinet and everybody that's involved in this conflict. And I think equally, we're called to pray for the leaders of all countries. And so that means to pray for President Erdogan in Turkey, for President Putin, for uh, Saad Bashar. Uh, a lot of guys that we might think, well, those are bad guys. Well, it doesn't matter. God's word says to pray for the leaders and uh, we should pray for all of them. Mm -hmm. And I know you talked, we've been in, involved for thir you know 30 years or so, but how are we responding right now? So right now uh, we are sending relief supplies into Syria. Uh, we, do, we do not have staff there, but we are working through local organizations. We're sending in tents, we're sending in blankets, we're sending in mattresses, we're sending in cook kits. Because, um, you know, people leave, they don't have their pots and pans. Sending in stoves, we're sending in um, water filtration equipment, bottled water, and uh, quite a bit of medical supplies and medicines. Mm -hmm. And then the church partners that you have, are they helping to reinforce a lot of this? Yeah, they are. They're helping in the distribution, and they're helping in the, um, uh, let's say, the administration of it. They're acting as our eyes and ears in many ways because we're not there 
first person. It, it's a very dangerous area mm -hmm. uh, to be, and it's random fire. It can come from any different direction. It's not like a, a, a typical war where you've got one side here and another side with no man's land in the middle. It's, it's everywhere. It's indiscriminate fire that's coming from all directions. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about how to pray for the president, but how can we pray for our ministry? Pray that God would give us favor. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we're trying to do right now is uh, we've got a, a large airplane, a DC-8, that can carry 30 or 40 tons of supplies. And we're applying for permissions mm -hmm. now with the U.S. government uh, to fly relief supplies, particularly uh, medical supplies and emergency winter clothing. Uh, into Erbil so that it can be trucked up to where it's freezing right now. It's literally freezing there, and people have left with the clothes on their back. And uh, so we want to take emergency winter clothing there. We want to take medical supplies, temporary shelter materials. We're trying to get the permissions from the U.S. government. This includes the FAA, the Commerce Department. We had to get permission from the Iraqi government. We had to get permission from the Kurdish regional mm -hmm. government. So th that's all coming together. And, uh, but, but pray that God would give us favor, that we could start using our aircraft there to bring supplies in on a more regular basis. Pray that God gives us good connections with um, uh, more partners there on the ground and that we can expand our, our footprint. And pray for peace, I, I think, in, in the entire region. That uh, of, of all the wars that I've seen in my life, and it's, that's more than a few, this one seems to be the most pointless war that I've ever uh, known to happen. So from when this war was launched, eight or 10 years ago, it's been going on so long and so many people have suffered and died. What has changed? The same government's in power, terrorist groups came to power, now Turkey's involved, Russia's involved, the United States is involved, and nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. There was no change in the government, There was. it's just like, People just decided to go there and kill each other. And, and what's going on in the mind of people? What's going on in their heart? There's chaos there, there's evil, there's suffering. It's evil, there's something going on there that um, I think the spirit of Christ, it, 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 he's the king of peace. Mm -hmm. And that peace is needed uh, mm -hmm. in this part of the world. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. This is why we wanted to bring you in, because it is complicated. And I think so many of us don't even know how to pray or, or what we're doing. So I appreciate you shedding some light there and, and just allowing us to intercess with prayers. Thanks. Is there anything else you would like to share? No, oh, thank you for having okay. me today. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that conversation was educational, but also helped you to know how to pray. I know I'm always challenged and amazed by Kenny. He can just talk. He didn't have any notes, any scripts. We just were having a conversation about our work there. And so I pray that this is useful for you to pray and uh, know what the ministry is doing. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you soon.